0: the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, the lake of fire, the second death. These are images that flooded my adolescent mind alongside real life stories of pastors in Soviet prisons and mental institutions. This was all alongside the ever-present possibility of a nuclear holocaust. Fast forward to today, we have Russian hackers, disinformation campaigns, fake news, conspiracy theories, and to top it all, a global pandemic. Surely, the stage is set. I'm Paul White, and this is Apocalypse the book of Revelation. Join me and my special guest and friend Pete Milner as we explore what God might be saying through this incredible book to us today. Hi everyone and welcome to another sauntering podcast with Paul White and my great friend Pete Milner. We're here journeying through the book of Revelation and we come to chapter 16 today. So let us pray Holy Spirit Please speak to us today As we look at your word And let it live to us And let it shape us And change our hearts In Jesus name Amen Amen. So we have a helicopter passing over But we can carry on So let me read Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth and harmful and painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea and it became like the blood of a corpse and every living thing died that was in the sea. The third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water and they became blood. And I heard the angel in charge of the water say, Just are you, O holy one, who is and who was, for you brought these judgments. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. Mm. And I heard the altar saying, yes, Lord, the almighty. Yes, Lord God, the almighty. True and just are your judgments. Let's pause there, Pete. OK. So out they
1: come from the (coughs) tabernacle. And again, we've got more furniture and things in heaven haven't we've we got a tabernacle we've got a temple we've got an altar and as we said before you know the earthly things are only copies that's what the writer of hebrews tells us most clearly that priests and kings and altars and stuff these are temporary earthly representations of things which in heaven are always and eternal and the altar seems to have a voice
0: but we saw, didn't we, the altar? There were some under the altar, weren't there? And it was the souls of the people who'd been martyred for their faith, or yes. the witnesses who died for their That's faith. Right. So there's a voice, and to they it. were crying out, saying, "How long, O God, mm-hmm. before you avenge the blood of the martyrs?" Was weren't they? Yes. And so, is this really their moment? Do you think the fulfilment of it? I think perhaps
1: because what they're what we're seeing is the the end of the wrath of God, where where all of the world is is sort of either opting for jesus and experiencing redemption and yeah. salvation or they're going to be destroyed in in this sort of outpouring of wrath in that sense huh. and so maybe this is the time and that's why we're sort of hearing from them again right it's their moment yeah but again these these judgments follow a very similar pattern so i don't know if you remember the trumpets from chapter eight the first one is poured out on the earth and its inhabitants the second one is poured out on the sea with blood and all that live in the sea. The third is on the springs and rivers of water. This is the same pattern repeated. So yes. the fourth one will be um, dark, sunstruck, cosmic interruptions of, of the heavenly signs in the heavens and stuff. Because we've had the seven seals brought judgments, didn't they? Yep, so every time the lamb cracked open another seal, another judgment came.
0: And then the seven trumpets. Yes.
1: And now we're on seven Now bowls. seven bowls. Yes.
0: And we see that as really just a kind of building up a crescendo really of judgment of divine intervention yeah i mean the the simplest way to read this is literally and just to say that these
1: three heptads these groups Mm -hmm. of seven judgments are things which begin at some point in history and then gradually get worse and worse and worse progressively kind of working through there is a cycle to them as i've said but Maybe it's just that they keep going and they get worse and worse and worse, giving humanity their last chances to experience faith and and repentance and salvation. Um, there is another way in which you can look at them as almost recapitulations and and that's the the sort of combination of it being signs in the heaven and um you know historical data of here on earth. You could look at it much more figuratively as if they were seven single things that happened. Um, to sort of represent the wrath of god in that way i i don't know i would i don't know why there would be three sets of them if no. it wasn't three sets of events yeah I, I can't quite get there but that's what some but people these
0: say. are pretty grim aren't they and it it has been th- i i know there have been kind of attempts to sort of link or make parallels between the plagues that fell prior to the exodus of the israelite yep, nation yeah the ten, out of 10 plagues egypt. of egypt yeah yep. of course there was 10 of those and some of them were similar the yes. sea turned to blood and so on painful and, sores yep, and, and flies horrible gnats and horrible creatures everywhere yeah frogs and stuff um but whatever it's really interesting because the verse 5 there is very explicit mm mm-hmm. And I heard the angel in charge of the war to say, Just are you, O Holy One, who is and who was, for you brought these judgments. Yes,
1: these are not accidents and incidental... No,
0: this is not the gradual wearing out of the cosmos and kind of natural environmental disasters, no, this, this is something that God has actually sent, isn't yes, it? Yes, this is something he is perpetrating
1: for his own glory to avenge the blood of the martyrs and to fulfil his wrath and, and the earth and bring the just desserts to everybody.
0: So that's a, such an interesting thing, isn't it? That yeah. the We have this unanswered prayer so far in heaven mm. that is, it's like this cry has gone up to God himself from those who died because of their faith Mm -hmm. in him. So they were killed on purpose by people who didn't like their message. That's right. And their cry is, God, how long before you avenge us? Yeah. And now God's judgment is actually kind of satisfying that cry. Yes. Which is amazing and slightly Slightly... chilling as well, isn't it? Horrifying, really. I mean, the the doctrine
1: um, sort of theologians that have been standing in the church ever since the first century until today, um, they talk about the satisfaction Mm. of the attributes of God. So, um, you know, it it is part of God's nature that there should be a reckoning for good and evil.
0: Yeah.
1: That we have to distinguish between the righteous and the wicked. We have to draw the line. And in that standard, of course, none can stand because all have sinned and mm-hmm. fall short the glory of God. And so teaches Paul in the book of Romans. So what we have to have is a way for us to be sinful, wicked, bad, etc. But not full subject to that same need to satisfy the wrath of God. And of course, God does it by sending Jesus to take the wrath for us. But... For all those who will not come to Jesus and will not come to the Father through Jesus and will not accept the offer, there is still this unpaid debt which is out Mm. there, The satisfaction. God must have satisfaction of this unmet kind of need to avenge and to um, to reckon.
0: It's really interesting. And it is to do with justice, isn't it? It's not vindictiveness. It's not just being horrible for the sake of it, no, no like argh, argh, we should have our pound of flesh because of what happened to us. This is an appeal to the God of justice, isn't it? Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, but it is hard for people, isn't yeah. it? Because you know, we would much rather kind of see God as as solving this stuff in a sort of cosmic way. And then for us to get off scot free, mm. and of course it's nicer to look at God as somebody who saves instead of somebody who punishes. Yeah. And there is a tendency in the West for us to sort of write those aspects out of the character of God and just say, ah, oh, whatever the wrathy kind of stuff like Noah's Ark and you know killing them in the wilderness or you know destroying the nation with Nebuchadnezzar or these cosmic unfoldings yeah. of, of earth shattering judgment. You know, it's easier to write them out. Yeah. And many thereby have shipwrecked their faith i'm afraid they yes just no i think you're God's right just people. so sympathetic that he's just put all this away and
0: it's like is it well, no he hasn't perilous it... course to embark on isn't it yeah yeah
1: well absolutely because it, it makes little of something which is an eternal aspect of the character and nature of god yeah so there must be a testimony to that
0: wow i was looking at James. <laughs>
1: always a risk <laughs> this morning And I hope he you said, like repentance
0: yeah he said not many of you should presume to be teachers because we know that those because who are teachers
1: will be just judged more severely yeah.
0: and even as we kind of line ourselves up to talk about this stuff in mm-hmm. a public space like yeah. we are right now there's some fearful awesome responsibility on us isn't there Absolutely. to not kind of edit out the bits of god that we think are unpalatable yeah. and not desirable for people of the 21st century yes in northern europe or wherever else people are and, listening and not to make confident assertions about stuff that we neither
1: know nor yes. understand because and I, we have to come to it in humility to say do you yeah. know what the, the jury is out still yeah but, you know we don't know for sure what this will definitely mean And, you know, it's from that place that I'm always slightly suspicious of people who sound ever so
0: sure about all this stuff as if it was ever so simple because it just isn't. And I think both of us have been reading these scriptures for many, many years now with, uh, when I read it, I feel like I've got this massive question mark over my head Mm. just like, um, (sighs) and to, you know, kind of step into the arena is a sort of awesome thing, really. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 8, he says, The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch people with fire. I mean, that is such a mind-blowing mm. idea. and, and I didn't, Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it, obviously. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were scorched by the fierce heat, and they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. Mm-hmm. They did not repent and give him glory.
1: So, if, yeah, uh, yeah, go on. Can I stop you? Yeah, there? Just so, do it.
0: This is the, the
1: final one of the four that always repeats. You've got the earth and the inhabitants, the sea with blood and stuff, then the rig- springs and rivers as number three, and then the the sun striking, or, or you know, it's sometimes darkness, sometimes a, an explosion right. of some sort. yeah. But I do feel... That there is a need within us to make sense of this in a very physical way. So yeah. people will look at this and say, oh, yes, I know what this must be. It's a solar flare, solar flare or a yeah. supernova or yeah, something. some kind of physical thing that is understood. Cosmological event. Yeah. And I always think that like, I'd like to not just stop there and and try and explain it away as a physical um, reality but to make sure that the most important thing i take away from it is that god is the lord over all these things yeah he's doing it on purpose at the appointed time yeah and it is an invitation yes. to either
0: repent or perish and tragically i mean gosh they they cursed god yes. because they realized that he was the originator of these plagues he's the source of them they curse the name of God, mm-hmm. who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and yeah. give Him glory, and I just to, to me that's the most bewildering thing imaginable, that somebody could recognise that God is doing this, but actually still not think, "I better repent," because oh, any minute now seen it. I'm going to be face to face with this God.
1: Yeah, I have seen it. I've seen it <clears throat> in people. They are that determined even if god is there when they die to look him in the eye and say no way how
0: dare you i will never and those people yes. are alive right now there's you know, some very famous comedians who aren't funny in my opinion who have taken that line I have exactly that and plan and i you? just think man how foolish and arrogant you are yeah. but
1: but, th- but that is the arrogance of man isn't it to yeah. to imagine that we would be Able to use our insolence and our pride yeah. to wound God, wow. you know what a futility. You know it would be like yeah. a little gnat deciding in his heart to move Mount Everest by headbutting it. Yeah, because <laughs> <Yeah>, it's <good laughs> not a good idea. Good You're going to break that. Yeah. before that mountain. Yeah.
0: Well. So verse ten, it says the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. Mm. Nice we glad you. about that. Yeah, good and job. its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish, and cursed the God of Heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. Wow, we mm. I think we're very happy to see the beast's throne getting plunged into darkness. Yep. And again, let's not make this just an <clears throat>
1: eclipse, because you know, by limiting it to this physical reality which we do understand, it's like. Well, an eclipse only happens for a certain part of the world for a very brief time, yes. and most of the time people are trying to take pictures of it rather than chew their tongues yes, in anguish. this is so something else, isn't We're it? not talking about a, a, just an eclipse event, are we? We're talking about some horrendous kind of global catastrophe yeah. you know, of, a, of a supernatural yeah. God-ordained kind of origin. Yep.
0: And his kingdom, the beast's kingdom, is a spiritual kingdom, isn't it? Yes. It's a spiritual um, tyranny that he's the king of, Mm. he's the head of. Verse 12, "'The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, "'and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Mm. "'And I saw, coming out of the mouth of the dragon "'and out of the mouth of the beast "'and out of the mouth of the false prophets,' three unclean spirits like frogs Mm. for they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of god the almighty can we just pause there please
1: all right so (coughs) this the pattern that we see with the judgments is first four then two then a little intermission and then the final one which sort of is the consummation and fulfillment of it i think this that is where we should see the end of of number six so this this horrible demonic supernatural kind of um plan um is sort of unfurled like a battle plan isn't it mm. so that we've mentioned already the the valley of jehoshaphat and the, yep. the sort of place where you attack Jerusalem from yep. again it's like if the euphrates is dried over, is dried up then you can cross and, and come from the east to attack jerusalem i think that many desire this to mean a physical literal battle yep. in jerusalem on the great day of the lord sure. where in jerusalem shall be perhaps the last vestiges of the church and and you know the last people clinging on to the word of god and the truthful testimony of jesus and what what is imagined is a real battle from the the angry global forces of of unrepentant you know beast following um satanic people who are going to charge in from the east in that way and that is the picture that we're being presented with isn't it but like the sort of darkening of the sun and which provides anguish to the people it's i think to limit it only to a single sort of future historical event Is to, I think, possibly drain out some of the power of it because it Mm -hmm. makes it, it makes this text affect nothing except in connection with our suspected anticipation of of who might be involved and what they might be trying to do.
0: So, what you're saying, Pete, is that that way of looking at it really limits it to one geographical kind of location, one arena. Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone not really close to that it's hard to kind of really understand what's going on in a way i i I think it's difficult to escape the sense in which this is a future real historical event that we'll see one
1: day but this is an apocalyptic text it's meant to make you feel like you're at the cusp of history almost at the end every generation of christians from the first to the 21st felt like they were on the cusp of history sure. at the end of the... It can't get worse than this. You know, it can't become more real than it is now. It can't become more urgent. But every generation, it's like suddenly, like, wow, <laughs> you know, I'm glad that's over. Yeah. You know, time for something different. And then, you know, we get our own moment of, goodness me, you know, this, this must is be the mark of the yeah. beast. This must be the yeah. invasion of Israel of the end. You know, this must be the our desire to decode history yeah. in these terms sometimes robs us of a
0: chance of making
1: a good judgment about what is actually going on. What
0: is on. this for me now? Yeah. What, where am I in this story today?
1: Yeah. We can become so obsessed over it that we I think, end up missing stuff. I
0: think the interesting thing is that the the horrible trio of um, the dragon, the beast and the false prophet mm-hmm. or the... Yeah, uh, they have, they sort of spew out these demonic spirits that then go around performing signs. And I think mm. we surely must anticipate a period of demonic supernatural mm. manifestation and signs and so on that are quite convincing and compelling. But what they're doing is assembling these kings and sort of, I don't know, somehow drawing them out. To a place of confrontation with the Lord Himself. So it's almost like every kingdom mm-hmm. that aspires to be great but does not acknowledge, you know, hasn't yielded to mm. the rule of Jesus, yeah. there's going to be a kind of reckoning with these people in authority yeah. at some point.
1: Yeah, I think that that's right. Um, this this horrible kind of gross image is one that sort of shines a light on a present reality as well as possibly a future one because in all across the bible there's this great tension where the worship of idols and and non-god things is is approached in two different ways one is to say that this is a hilariously silly yeah. nonsense but cut down a tree from really? the forest make <laughs> it into a you? shape of a thing and then yeah. say this made me that is dumb isn't it yeah, there's no merits to it and you get that all the way back in very early in the old testament all the way up until here in revelation but then there's another thread which is also early in the bible up to here in revelation where you can say there is actually some dangerous insidious spiritual reality to giving your heart over to yep. these things. It's not just bowing down to a statue. It is giving your heart to one that is not God. And there is there is some sort of horrible, nefarious, demonic power behind it. Yeah. Which is really what you're giving your yeah, heart so to. Like and a there is a power in it.
0: Demonic inducement to yeah. kind of al- align yourself with these three. The dragon, mm. the beast and the false prophet. Yeah. And it, I, I think that's why... We don't want to be ever complacent about Mm. these things, but to actually be aware. And then verse 15, we really have suddenly, bam, this kind of this warning from God himself. Verse 15, it says, Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. And they assembled them at the place that is in Hebrew called Armageddon. Now, we yeah. know we've heard a lot about Armageddon yeah. and people even use it now in popular usage. Like, oh, it was like Armageddon, man. Yeah. You know, no, it wasn't. But any, <laughs> probably. But, but it's interesting that almost out of context, we get verse 15 slid in there. ...as a warning, and it's in brackets, isn't it?
1: Yeah, the writer puts it in brackets. I, uh, Well, the translators put it in brackets. There's no such thing as brackets in first-century right, Greek. I, <laughs> I take your word for that. <laughs> Thanks, so it's not my word. It's the word of people who know much yeah. more about it than me. But it's that same pattern. You've got four, then you've got two, then you've got an intermission or an interruption... Mm-hmm. And then you've got the final outpouring of the final thing. Yeah. And in, in the previous two cases, in the seals and in the trumpets, the intermission was very long and included great and wondrous signs in heaven yeah. and all sorts of other visions that sort of captured our attention. And then he gets on the seventh one and we're like, oh, oh, well, forgot they hadn't finished.
0: Yes. Here Whereas we go. here,
1: the gap is tiny. It's yeah. just enough for him to say, I am coming soon. Get ready. And then that's it, that's the intermission over. But
0: that's exactly the words of Jesus, isn't it? He yes. says, you know, if, if a man knew what time the thief was coming, he'd make sure he'd be ready, was yeah. ready, he'd be up and he'd have his baseball bat in his hand, ready to cosh the Bonk guy. him on the head, yeah. Um, but he's, he's coming like a thief and you won't know. But even in the middle of these unfolding plagues, yes. there's still an element of... Unexpectedness about the Lord's return.
1: Yes, absolutely, and that right. is why it's so hard for me to see this as just a literal playbook from page one to page whatever, to you know, as a linear timeline, which is so obvious. Because if yeah. it was, then it'd be impossible for him to come like a thief, because it'd be plainly obvious, not just this to Christians. Do now, yeah. yeah. But if it all starts happening in such an amazingly obvious way, yeah. then surely. I I know you know there's no limit to the kind of self-deception that humans are capable of sometimes but surely someone's going to pick up this book and be like oh well I know the timeline then I know exactly when Jesus is going to come and I'm going to plan to repent right at the end yeah and and give him glory and whatever he wants then and I'll have a good old time of sinning right up until that point (laughs) point. And that's exactly what Jesus says it will be impossible to do. Don't do it, Don't Don't try and count on that. that. Don't try and think that this is all some straightforward countdown clock that you will be well aware of ahead of time, that you'll have this many opportunities to sort of lay back and wait and be smug while you sort of... Everything happens the way you know it will happen. He's,
0: He's coming like a thief. Wow. And that means that there will be those who are caught naked and yeah. exposed they aren't dressed in they aren't dressed ready yeah they haven't got
1: oil in their lamps
0: yeah and sadly i think there might be a few <coughs> churchgoers who also show up on that list of people who are caught thinking oh boy oh, no. yeah um verse 16 and they assembled them at the place that in hebrew is called armageddon what do we know about armageddon Pete?
1: um well the the Megidda bit is is a place Megiddo and mm. you can kind of look on a bit of bible software or something and, and find all the rele- all the places in it basically it was a valley yeah. that kind of ran in towards Jerusalem through the hill country and it is a plainly obvious kind of place leading up to Jerusalem's flat so it's, its the same
0: while. one as the valley of Joshua. yes the essentially ba- I valley mean they're they're in
1: the neighborhood anyway valley of
0: Jezreel is that
1: I think that that is s that is adjoining. Okay. So the valleys yeah. come in between the sort of big promontory kind of hill features yeah. in the country, and Israel's very hilly. It's not full of the very large mountain ranges, but it's full of sort of rocky hills that are kind of make it impossible to kind of travel at great speed. Whereas there are these valleys that sort of run through the the geography of the place, and you know the the Vale of Megiddo, the the Armageddon is one place you know it's a it's a geographical place and it's a place where israel's been attacked many times before you right. know to sennacherib um, king of assyria does it and attacks um, jerusalem but then is is his army is struck by the angel of the lord and and they give up before they take it but then nebuchadnezzar comes down through that same place and does overthrow jerusalem and destroys it and um, it comes up again in the conquests of the greek armies that, that take over the same place the romans um it's it's just the channel of attack okay and it's a place of of cursing and consternation as well as being a very sort of quite fertile readily available place right but yeah it's it's a real geographic feature like yep. the euphrates like the valley of jehoshaphat but again it's like is it only supposed to mean that exact geographic place i wonder
0: yeah but whatever's going on there, the demonic spirits that come from the horrible threesome mm. are enticing the leaders to gather in that place, yeah. the kings, the people who've dominated the global scene. Yeah. Verse 17, the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and mm. a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, it is done. And there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder and a great earthquake such as there had never been since man was on the earth. So great was it, was that earthquake, the great city was split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. And God remembered Babylon the great to make her drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath and every island fled away and no mountains were to be found. And great hailstones, about £100 each, fell from heaven on people, and they cursed God for the plague of the hail because the plague was so severe. Now, P.E.'s little
1: scientific-type favouring mind suggests that if an earthquake was so bad that every island was submerged and every mountain flattened, that surely, if it literally happened, would be a complete global um, destruction. Yeah. You know, th- there's no way that anyone could survive the literal unfolding of this right. exact precise thing written in the way that it is. So sure. I, I, I'm i hesitant to think that that's what it is. However, this might be the very last thing ever. Because what happens yeah. now, and, and <laughs> into chapter 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 is the scenery changes again, and we're talking about something else. Yeah. So this might be the very last cataclysm where it's like, blam, okay. The Earth as we know it, the solar system, the universe, the heavens and the Earth, they are not the same from this point onwards. Right. This is the very, very end moment, which would make sense. Yeah. But the idea that people could still be on this planet sort of grumpy and trying to get a Because the hailstones. Yeah, come on. Like, I like, mean, the hailstone is £100. That is... Earth shatteringly, my goodness, horrendous! Hey, yeah, that's it's like, it's like half a car full of like,
0: kilos of something yeah. hard, like ice. Yeah, it's
1: like my a goodness. wheelbarrow full of bricks or something.
0: That's gonna hurt. So,
1: um, yeah. So, remember, who who is the wrath falling on? Really, in this section, who's God remembering?
0: remembering babylon
1: babylon the great to make her drink the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath so we know that jesus drank it down on behalf of all who would ever come to him and we can tap into that by laying hold of that promise Mm -hmm. and you know repenting and believing in him so there's wrath that remains on the ungodly and that wrath i think is falling upon the earth and all of its hideous earthliness and ungodliness that's what's happening here mm. so god is pouring out his wrath against babylon here he's remembering babylon the great to make her drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath and it's, it's like the the end of all mankind's earthly attempts to find greatness and meaning and pleasure in the things of this world it's like that mm. whole arena is is submerged isn't yeah, it
0: that judgment has come yeah yeah
1: and again we're glad about it because who would want that horrible babylon when you can have the kingdom of heaven yeah. well apparently lots of people <laughs> but they don't know they don't know yeah. what they're missing yet yeah and but the the purity of the justice and the fulfillment of the justice the satisfaction the finality of of that need for earth to be judged is is happening in this scene and yeah. at the end of it there shall be a sort of heavenly reckoning you know we'll we'll give into the the sort of we'll have a look at the babylon and the beast and in their final moments and we'll see the sort of celebration in heaven as god is vindicated by the everlasting destruction of those things in heaven and everybody will be a witness to the sort of final roll of the dice there but um again these are future things aren't they but they are things that are supposed to work right now like let's not put our trust in money and pleasure yeah. and the experience of human life. Let's grab onto the one who sits on the throne. Yeah, oh, I might
0: absolutely. Wow. Well, thanks, Pete. Let's Ooh. pray, Lord. We do thank you that you sit on the throne yeah. and you have made a way for us to be saved from all of this, whatever it looks like, whatever it it's real full un kind of un symbolic meaning is whatever that will be lord thank you that you have made a way for us to be safe even in the midst of all of this because of jesus father we thank you bless us today in jesus name amen
1: amen